SAFM Sports Wrap. 29 to 7 on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Hello and welcome to uh, SFM Sports Wrap. I'm Dwayne DeLocker. This is the PSL radio show, Sigun Jalo. And what's been a big day for uh, rugby, Springbok rugby? It's uh, certainly going to change as Heineken Mayer quit as Springbok coach uh, just eight days before his position was set to be a talking point. It's uh, Saru's general counsel. We're going to be discussing that in the show tonight. Uh, we'll also catch up with uh, cricket and golf news from both the uh, fourth test in India and indeed the uh, first day of the Nedbank Golf Challenge. And we're going to be talking to Kabozondo. He's back at Royal Eagles as part of the uh, PSL radio show Segun Jolo. But we go into our sports news with cricket. India are going to stumps at 231 for 7 in the first innings on day 1 of the 4th and final test against South Africa at the Feroz Shah Kotla in Delhi. Natalie Jamanos has the details. Well, it was a very interesting day one because seven wickets fell. There could have been a few more with uh, a couple of dropped catches and also a couple of decisions that didn't go the way of South Africa. But what was more interesting was the fact that the two players who came in for South Africa today, Dane Pitt and Carl Abbott, were the ones who took the wickets for South Africa. Dane Pitt finished the day with four for 101 in 34 overs. And then Carl Abbott picked up three for 23 in 17 overs. And Dane Pitt really showed why he should have probably been in the test side maybe a little bit earlier. He had some great variations. He certainly put up a, a wonderful fight and the way he bowled also was great to see. Also from India's point of view what was great to see was the fight shown by Jinka Rouhani. He was undefeated at the end of the day on 89 from 155 and he batted absolutely brilliantly. And with India making 231 for 7 it should make the start of day 2 pretty interesting but it's not a crumbling wicket but at the same time a 231 could still prove to be a decent score during. Yeah, let's, let's talk about Dane Pitt. I mean this is a guy who as you say took 4 for 101 but uh, to be fair, Natalie, he should have had six and could have had seven. Yeah, he easily could have had it. Unfortunately, he had a, a hat-trick almost of near misses to getting to his first five of his test career because he had catches dropped. He had an LBW turned down, which probably should have been given. And then there was a glove as well that was onto the pad of Ravi Chandranashwan and caught by Villas on the leg side. And it should have been given out. Unfortunately, that does happen. These things don't necessarily go your way. But he bowled beautifully well and, and he should be able to possibly get it tomorrow South Africa didn't take the new ball which was interesting so there's a possibility if they don't take it again he might get the chance tomorrow morning Yeah that's right uh, and uh, important that you mention that because we, we have completed 84 overs so only 6 overs lost in the day but uh, this looks to be a decent wicket I mean you say it, it isn't much of a, a crumbling wicket but uh, 231 might be a little dangerous but South Africa if they bat with the sort of tenacity they did in the second innings of the last test I suppose they, they might be able to, to match that or even better I actually think it's quite a good cricket wicket, actually, even though it's in India and you're expected, obviously, to favour the spinners generally. But it's got a bit of bounce in it. There's a bit of pace. It's coming onto the bat nicely, so you can still score some runs. It's a decent outfield as well. There's not a lot of turn as of yet, but there probably will be later on. And there is definitely some reverse swing also. So it's quite a fair contest between bat and ball. And it would have been great, of course, to have seen this earlier in, through the Test Series. But you cannot blame India whatsoever ever for actually preparing wickets that, that suit their strengths. South Africa would probably do the same as most countries do around the world. Uh, but it's actually a really good cricket wicket so far. Okay, let's talk about the, in, in, in totality. South Africa obviously lost the series already, unassailable 2-0 lead for, for the Indians. But South Africa would be playing for pride, I would imagine, but also a couple of individuals may be looking to prove a point for being left out of the ICC's uh, World Test Squad. Um, I think 
it would, would, would come into it. Um, I know a lot of people speak about playing for pride, and yes, it is important from South Africa's perspective. Uh, want to play for pride, also want to get back on a winning track ahead of the England series, which is a massive series for South Africa at home with the four tests. There's also ICC ranking points as well that, that are involved. South Africa will still stay number one, even if they lose this test match, but they want to keep their number one status going forward for many reasons. And individuals definitely want to perform, and I think they also want to make sure that they start getting their confidence back, because a lot of the batsmen in particular have lost their confidence, and they'd like to show that they can get that back ahead of the England series, which is going to be starting in, in, in less than a month's time. There's not much preparation time for that, and even though the pitch is not something you get here in South Africa, the preparation for that series is immense for South Africa, and they want to finish a 72-day tour of India on a high. Excellent. Well, Natalie Dumanis, enjoy day two's action. Let's hope uh, we can get Rahane out nice and early. Absolutely. So that's a good thing. Keep looking for that. Let's focus on golf now. Two-way tie for the lead after the first day of Africa's major, the Nedbank Golf Challenge at the Gary Player Country Club. Golf correspondent Lali Stunder is at Sun City, and Lali looks like the least fancied South African, and the player thought too sick to tee off benefited most. Isn't it ironic? What's that old cliche about beware the sick golfer? Before Jakob van Zyl hit his opening shot at the Garrick Player Country Club this morning, that South African was available at huge odds, 45 to 1 for a win and 99 for 10 for a place. Those odds will significantly shorten for today's, uh, tomorrow's second round. After van Zyl fired six birdies for a 66 to share pole position with 2008 champion Henrik Stenson, who had to be rushed to the doctor this morning after he came, felt very ill with about a flu. So uh, these two are topped at, uh, at the top of the leaderboard at six under, and they lead by one from Danny Willett from England, the defending champion, and another rookie, Mark Lishman from Australia. Well, it's very interesting. Brandon Grace played himself into that uh, little group there as well. Unfortunately, bogeyed the 17. But for South Africans, two of the guys at the top five, in the top five with a chance to break that drought that's been there since 2007. What I find interesting, though, Lily, is just uh, some of the scoring. I mean, you've got guys like Webb Simpson, Martin Keimer. These are guys that are major champions, and they're sitting near the bottom of the leaderboard. Were scoring conditions fairly difficult? Not at all. We had a little bit of rain, which really helped to cool things down. For most of the day, the sun was under, uh, behind the clouds. The course is playing exactly as it does every single year. Accuracy is premium. We spoke about this last night, Dwayne, and Jakob van Sale said it in his, in his uh, interview. You have to be accurate off the tee. He hit 10 out of 14 fairways, and when he was not in the fairway, he was just off in the first cut. And your putter has to be hot, and van Sale had 27 putts. We watched uh, quite a bit of the golf today. Guys like Stephen Bowditch, Martin Keimer, Webb Simpson, just not good off the tee, and really the putters were cold, very, very cold. Let's take a look at some of the outside bets. I mean, uh, obviously, Danny Willett is, uh, is there and thereabouts. Mark Leishman is interesting to see is, uh, is, is four under after the opening round. But guys like Brandon Grace, uh, Miguel Angel Jimenez, who's a, is a big favorite of the, the competition, Ross Fisher, Louis Wirstes, and these are guys that were touted for, uh, for victory at this competition. Uh, overall, do you think this is a competition that's far from being decided on opening day and that uh, three rounds of golf could still see these guys make up the ground they need? Without a, without a doubt. Von Zell in his interview and all Stinson as well, both of them said low scores are still to be had. Um, uh, today's first round pins, they were, they were pretty accessible, you know. They normally tighten it and make it a bit tougher on the second day. And then uh, 
put a few nice ones out there on Saturday for, uh, for moving day. So there's certainly, as Von Zale said, for a guy with a hot butter, a low round, a 64 in, in there somewhere. He believes he could be that guy. He shot 64 on Sunday in the Alfred Daniel Championship. And then uh, after saying that he was struggling with his swing, and in his interview said that he is swinging the ball better now than he did on Sunday. And he believes he's got a low round in him there. Um, and, and definitely believes that there's a few more guys that will come through. Concerns me, though, that Victor Dubuisson uh, kept on turning things around to end on one under. Dubuisson, of course, beat him at the Turkish Airlines Open by one stroke. So we certainly don't want to see a repeat of that. And you were there as well, uh, Lali Stunder. In Turkey, you are the bad omen. Get yourself out of Sun City <laughs> now that he's on top. <laughs> no, Jakob van Sel said to me, you, you're definitely the good luck charm, but you're going to have to get a club car and drive over him for me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Lali Stunder. Let's run through some highlights of other sports news. Heineken Mayer quitting his uh, Springbok coach. I can tell you as well, the Springbok 7s uh, tournament starts tomorrow, the uh, following season. Blitzbocker will be up in action first against Samoa at 16 minutes to 8. Celtic have confirmed the appointment of Golden Arrow. Former Golden Arrow's coach Sarami Lutwaka as head coach. Chippa United have confirmed the appointment of Dan Malasella as assistant coach to Roger Skakane. Bafana Bafana have climbed three places to 72nd in the latest FIFA World Rankings released today. And uh, more FIFA scandals. Swiss police uh, have to two more high-ranking FIFA officials in the latest clampdown on corruption within the game's governing body. That's your sports news. It's mystery gift time at iTile. The festive season is almost upon us, so why not unwrap discounts of up to 30% off when you buy from our exclusive range of tiles, bathroom wear and accessories. Get to North Riding, Centurion, or Montana now and get free delivery at iTile, the home of fashion tiles. For more info, visit iTile.coza. Tease and C's apply. Hi, I'm Jeannie D. I'm Bonang Mateba. And I'm Bonnie Mbouli. And welcome to our apartment. As we take you on a journey of self-expression. We do it stylishly. We do it lavishly. From food, fashion to DIY. From live performances to inspiring stories. This is your time. Express your curiosity. Express your boldness. Express yourself with Afternoon Express weekdays at 4pm. Find us on 3. With 134 million rand invested in CSI projects in the past year, members of the Casino Association of South Africa are massive contributors towards social development in South Africa. Last year, 56 million rand was committed to education, 15 million rand was spent on health and welfare projects, and 32 million rand went straight back into developing the communities in which CASA member casinos operate. For more in-depth information and analysis of how the South African casino industry supports community development, visit the Casino Association of South Africa at www www.kasasa.org.za to view the latest industry survey. It's the 35th edition of the Nedbank Golf Challenge this weekend and SAFM will be there. Join me, John Carricker, for Friday's Sports Wrap from 6.30 and SAFM Sports Special both on Saturday and Sunday live from the Gary Player Country Club. Can one of South Africa's players take the big prize at Africa's Major? Join me, John Carricker, this weekend on SAFM. Dwayne DeLocker on SAFM.
Is FM South Africa's news and information leader. Now, uh, we've got to talk about the big news story of the day, and that's Heineke Mayer quitting as uh, Springbok coach. Well, we've uh, got a man who's renowned for his uh, pieces on front row grunt, Tank Lanning on the line, former player himself, and now uh, a, uh, an analyst, uh, non-partisan, of course. And, uh, Tank, thanks for joining us. Hello. Yeah, how are you doing, sir? Nice to be with you. Yeah, good uh, Good to chat uh, on a day, though, that has certainly been uh, causing a lot of uh, mouths to flutter. But was this uh, just a simple case of jump before he was pushed? Yeah, I think uh, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, you know, just you know, a day or two after the World Cup, he came out with a whole bunch of silvers saying why he should be the next coach. Um, probably ill thought out uh, if, if one had to look back on those. Um, and I, you know, I just don't think Saru um, or the coach himself expected this massively public backlash. Um, you know, and and the, for me, the wonderful thing is. Sure, people were grumpy about the results. I mean, the Japan result, the Argentina result, the fact yeah. that we didn't do so well at the World Cup were, were, was a big issue. But I think we've moved on as a, as a country, and it's now more about our playing style. That, for me, is quite heartwarming, because that simply has to change. And, and that, I think, was Henneke's biggest fault. So, so you're saying you don't think this is a, a case of Heineken Mayer not being forgiven for that home loss to Argentina or the, the opening pool loss to Japan, but rather that we aren't playing the type of rugby that people would like to see? I, I really am, and, yeah. and that is new. Um, yeah. You know, because South Africa traditionally we've been, oh, you know what, some car rugby, it's fine as long as we're winning. Mm. Um, look, I mean, the, the fact that we, we haven't been winning as much as we, as we traditionally do is, has obviously played its part. Um, but I really do think there's a groundswell of, okay, guys, the rest of the world's moved on. Every single coach, Southern Hemisphere coach, Bar Hanukkah, was, 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 was nominated for Coach of the Year. All the rest <laughs> were nominated for Team of the Year. There's a, there's a simple reason why we weren't, and it's because we played dreadful rugby. Yeah, no, fair enough. I, I, I get where you're going with that. But uh, you talk about uh, records. Let, let's talk about Heineken Mayo's record as book coach. Where do you think it actually puts him? Uh, yeah, look, my, <laughs> my strength is not in the statistics, but I saw his win record is, um, uh, at, at the end was between 64 and 67%. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it, it, it uh, Mallet still has that, the, no, well, Chris, he's obviously got the best rate ever. Yeah. Mallet, I think, is, is, is next, but uh, you know, he's, you know, he's hovering around the whole Jake White, Peter De Villiers, um, era. There's, you know, there's, there's not much different. So, you know, obviously losing to Japan and Argentina is big because they're first. And those will stand out. Um, but his actual playing record, while not spectacular, isn't earth-shatteringly horrible. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair enough point, and uh, I suppose there's a lot... To, I was actually chatting to somebody from New Zealand uh, who was saying uh, just on the point of uh, Heineken Mayer's records is, is the fact that if you look at uh, how often his team's played for 75 minutes, his win record would be something completely different if you looked at uh, records after 75 minutes as opposed to, to a full 80. But in a sense, I suppose you could relate that back to the coach and maybe late substitutions. Maybe that's where he was at fault. Yeah, and I must say, that is a pertinent point. Um, but, you know, uh, for me, so the, the, the good that I take out of, out of that was, um, you know, the rugby champs, the curtailed rugby champs of this year, where we just lost to the All Blacks and to Australia. We were playing a different brand of rugby, and, and that, I think, started getting people excited. The fact that he went back to his traditional, um, oh, it's got to be about experience, he's gone back to the, the players, mm. the, you know, the eggs in one basket environment for the World Cup is where, where it went wrong, I have a feeling that if we embraced a slightly more attacking style of rugby, um, that, that people would have been a whole lot more forgiving. But he didn't. Um, 
And, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, to your other point about last-minute substitutions, um, I, I think we just have to introduce the transformation subject because yeah. he, he was truly horrible at that. You know, there's so many times where you think of, like in Elton Yankees at FNB, just hanging on the sidelines, waiting to come on. Um, Asir Khaleesi sort of in for seven minutes and then out. Um, you know, the really page thing was a total, you know, it was a horror show. Um, and I, I think... You know, we have to be honest with ourselves in South Africa. It's, you know, there's, there's more to just coaching rugby. And uh, I don't think he did himself any favours on, on, on that front. Okay, let's talk about transformation then on that point, uh, Tank. How, how do you think future coaches need to be judged? And, I mean, is this something that, you know, Sari's got their uh, general counsel coming up next week. Is this something that needs to be discussed about uh, how they're going to judge uh, future coaches on it? Yeah, yeah it, it, it's definitely going to. Uh, and I, I, I suppose I'm going to be slightly controversial now. I, I think uh, the Springbok team should have absolutely nothing to do with transformation. I, I think it's, it's an absolute travesty if you start asking your national coach to, to start thinking about transformation. I mean, that is far too late in the process. And, and, and for Kasati to come in with a cheap shots from, from, from the sideline saying, what are you sorry you're doing? You know, for me, quotas are an indictment on what the government is doing. And I, I know we're not meant to be talking politics here, but sadly in South Africa, the two cannot be, you know, the left apart. And, and, and I think the fact that it's sorry of them being asked to, to, to present players of color that to represent uh, a South African demographic is, is just because it hasn't been done at lower levels. And I think we're all very aware that, you know, that, 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 that Good sports people are made in, in, in schools. You know, traditionally, that's how it has always worked. And, and, and all the players of color, well, most of them, 90% of them, have come from, from excellent schools where they get, uh, you know, good nutrition, good schooling, and, and good coaching. So now to, to, to try and change that at the top team in the country, I think is unfair on Sorin and certainly unfair on any new coach. And I think we do need to address that and say that it can't be the Springbok coach's problem. So in a sense, you're saying as well, uh, as same with the Bafana Bafana debate, you can't look at the national team coach and expect him to do, uh, produce development. You've got to uh, look at him and expect him to produce results, I suppose. But uh, let me ask you one last question, though, Tank. Uh, do Saru now look local or do they look abroad for a coach? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, 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 my sources tell me that it's, you know it's, the deal's already done, and Alistair Katia is, is, is next in line. Um, and you know, it, it's because it fits the bill. You know, it's almost Hanukkah had to go, so who, who the hell do we go go to next? And it's probably under pressure to, to go with a, a coach of colour. Now we're going with a with a with a, a coach who most of Cape Town were relatively happy to see the back of, given that. You know, he just produced a wall of Cape Town, is what he, what he was known for. Just a massive defense to Stormers. I'm not sure what a year in, 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 in Japan has done, done to change that. I mean, there can't be too much. But I mean, to, to your question, sorry to, <laughs> to level on, um, is that I actually don't think there's an international coach who would take the job. Yeah. Give him the, the restraints. And it's not about black versus white and, 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 and players of color not being good enough. It's just, who would like to be a coach of a side where you where you actually not in control of the 23 players that you're going to select? Okay, uh, interesting views from uh, Tank Lenning. Thank you very much for your time this evening, and uh, yeah, we'll check it out in eight days' time when uh, Alistair could see a signs on the dotted line, perhaps. <laughs> Indeed, great to chat. Go well. 
It's time for the PSL Radio Show. For all you need to know about the Premier Soccer League, fixtures, results, and all the latest news. Proudly brought to you by APSA. Today, tomorrow, together. PSL Radio Show. It's FM South Africa's news and information leader now during this uh, PSL break for the CAF Under-23 Cup of Nations. Let's uh, take an opportunity to look at what's happening in the National First Division. I can tell you that uh, Royal Eagles have uh, got Cabo Zondo back at the club, but this time he is in the uh, coaching role. That's right, he takes over the reins from uh, Vladislav Heritage, recently took over the coaching reins. But let's uh, head down to then to catch up with uh, the legendary coach. Uh, Cabo, thanks very much for joining us. Hello. Good afternoon to you, Dwayne, and good afternoon to the listeners, man. Oh, good to chat to you again. Now, uh, let's let's just uh, say, I mean, you are familiar with the club. Uh, you were you were technical director of the club, uh, I think, the last time we chatted. But uh, t- t- tell me about uh, return to, to to Eagles in the coaching role. Yeah, um, I was called by the chairman to to come and replace uh, the coach that was here, which was very. Um, uh, who resigned, uh, you know, uh, 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 three weeks ago, and uh, yeah, uh, the rest is history. That uh, Cabo comes in as a technical director and as a head coach as well. Okay. Uh, to, to 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 take this position or take uh, take this, uh, the team, uh, this football club, uh, the ambitious football club, the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, they, yeah. They but it's, it's quite a difficult task, though. But uh, if it's not difficult, uh, then it is not meant to be football. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, it's never yeah. never easy, particularly as a coach. But you talk about history. Let's talk about recent history, though. Since the new owners took over uh, Royal Eagles at the, b- the beginning of last season, Cabo, there's there's been six coaches of uh, of the club so far. I think you make number uh, number seven. Um, I mean, is it difficult to to coach a club where there's been a lack of consistency at the helm? Yeah, um, you know, it, it depends on what the, 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 the owners of the club see uh, or what they, 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 they want to see happening with their club. Um, obviously, they are very ambitious, uh, you know, uh, management that we have here. And um, it, it's only fair and uh, being honest uh, to, uh, to, to them as well, to give them what they want. And uh, I think they are building a, a very professional uh, setup here. Uh, they have a very exclusive uh, um, uh, uh, academy or you know uh, a setup where the players uh, uh, stay and uh, the field that we give is that uh, it's something it's something that uh, we don't get uh, in uh, in our football mostly, uh, whereby a, a team. As there's its own village here, and uh, it's quite, quite interesting and very, very encouraging, really, to be in an environment like that. And you, you, you also look at how much they invest uh, to make this club what it's supposed to be. So maybe as as they as they go on with uh, with, with their club, uh, they they're looking for someone who can match what uh, what they brought forward uh, uh, in terms of investment. 
You, you, you talk about the investment and the ambitions of this club, but I mean, yeah, you look at the quality of the players. I know Raymond Monama is there now, uh, Kitukwaku Masugu, formerly of Orlando Pirates. I mean, Katero Mpela, one of the greatest goal scorers for Bafana Bafana, the best goal scoring rate at Bafana Bafana for, for uh, our top strikers, uh, now playing at, at Royal Eagles. So you've got a potential personnel base to, to build a successful challenge for promotion to the PSL. Yeah, on paper it looks like that, uh, but you know what kind of pressure it comes, comes in with. Yeah. Especially the clubs that are going to play against us, knowing that the Kataka, Mbulero, Oldon, Obizela, Raymond, Munana, you know, uh, uh, Munama, yeah, and, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's quite, uh, uh, you know, a number of, uh, quality wise, we, we look like a, a team that uh, will go out and do things, uh, you know, happen for this club. But uh, having said that, uh, yeah, um, we're ready ahead of us, and uh, we we are prepared to take the, the kind of pressure that we we'll, we'll face, especially playing uh, against clubs that will always uh, want to beat uh, this glamorous club like uh, Real Eagles that has got almost everything. You know, playing at that level. And, uh, yeah, in terms of uh, infrastructure and uh, the resources here, it's more like uh, your professional uh, uh, football club. It's like uh, we are in a uh, PSL, but uh, uh, it's, it's correct if things happen like this. But we must also understand what kind of pressure comes up. Yeah, indeed. But uh, as to where you stand on the National First Division standings, I mean, you, you are only two points off second place, although uh, you are trailing Baroka by uh, by six clear points as it stands in the National First Division. But 18 games still still left in the season. What, what is your what is your aim? I mean, are you taking it game for game at the moment, especially with the uh, the breaks, or are you looking to uh, to to take short term goals and plan in matches of three or in six or, uh, until the end of the season? Yeah, let, 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 let's say, uh, you know, like now, uh, Baroka is uh, sitting uh, on top of the log and uh, everyone would want to beat Baroka. And um, I don't know whether they will stand that, uh, uh, that that kind of pressure, you know, finishing the season as well, uh, playing like that. Uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's not easy to sit on, on top of the log uh, throughout the season. You, you, you remember what happened uh, last season. Mm-hmm. There was a time where Golden Arrows, uh, you know, opened the gap. And uh, somewhere towards the end, uh, Cosmos came back uh, to, to, to be number one, but later they were overtaken by uh, Golden Arrows again. So, because this game can be. So, positions can change. We just need to focus, take it game by game. And uh, either we go for playoffs or we, we find ourselves in number one. Uh, you know, time will tell. And, uh, you know, the results will also tell if uh, we are capable of uh, getting to the finalist. Well, Kabozondo, uh, I love that you love a challenge. I know you're an ambitious man and uh, you're at an ambitious club with uh, plenty of ambitious players. I wish you the best of luck, certainly against Baroka and the Nebang Cup qualifiers and indeed when you return to league action against African Warriors in two and a bit weeks' time. Wayne, thank you for your time and thank you for interviewing me. Bookings are open for Paul Slabble FC's hilarious roller coaster ride of a comedy for your ears only. Presented by Durban's Playhouse Company from the 9th to the 23rd of December, this delightful play set in a radio drama studio takes audiences behind the scenes, exposing the madness and mayhem, intrigues and intricacies involved in the recording of a popular weekly radio soap. 
This acclaimed production, originally commissioned by SAFM and enjoying a highly successful nationwide tour, stars Michael Richard, Michael Britton, Tibusisa Khadebe, Louise St. Clair, Becky Nkadi, Ronwin van Khan, and Paul Slab. If side-splitting laughter is your bag, book now. Special rates are available for block bookings and charities. Book at CompuTicket or call the Playhouse box office on 031-369-9596. We're living at the moment and the times that we're living in now. I think this is long overdue. We need to stand together in unison against um, crimes um, that affect women and children. Let's take part in preventing violence against women and children. Hashtag 365 days of no violence against women and children. Hashtag count me in. We're not all talk. Our playlist is pretty hot too. SAFM, keeping the temperature soaring all summer. CSL Radio Show. Uh, just about time to say cheers. We are out of here from uh, PSL Radio Show Sekunjala, but uh, I can tell you that uh, Serama Letswako is appointed as Celtic coach today. We'll have him on the show on uh, Monday. Catch up with him as uh, the new man in charge there. And uh, don't forget, tomorrow John Herrick will be doing a special broadcast of the uh, Friday edition of SFM Sports from uh, Sun City. That's right up at the Gary Bear Country Club for uh, for the Friday edition, indeed for the weekend, uh, as he watches the Nedbank Golf Challenge. But uh, from the show tonight, time for us to say cheers. We are out of here uh, tomorrow morning uh, you can catch Janet Whitten on AM Live but next up is Naledi Muleo after the news with a talk shop but from the uh, team tonight producer Siobhan Chetty and me Dwayne DeLocca have a lovely evening cheers it's 7 o'clock